Hello. Welcome to the His Presence Podcast. I am Haley Pruitt, and this is Episode 8. In this series, Stories of the Savior, I'm sharing biblical narratives reimagined from a new point of view in hopes that a fresh perspective will remind us that Jesus Christ is real and so were his first followers. They have so much to teach us about the power of his presence. In this week's story, Ananias is a new follower of Jesus Christ, but fears for his life as Saul of Tarsus is headed his way, arresting as heretics any believers he meets along the way. Ananias's hope and trust and courage help provide the catalyst for the growth of the kingdom of, that God will bring through the work of the one we now know as the Apostle Paul. Ananias was worried sick. Many of his fellow converts to the way had already gone into hiding. They had heard the stories of a zealot named Saul from Tarsus, who had been given permission from the Jewish leaders to arrest any believers in Jesus and drag them back to Jerusalem in chains. They all knew he was headed for Damascus and they were not sure what to do. Ananias had held his ground so far, clinging to the hope that God would protect them. He had been devastated to hear Peter's sermon at Pentecost, to realize that Yahweh had finally sent the Messiah, yet they had turned him over to the Romans to be killed. He had immediately repented and been baptized along with his wife and children and many of his friends. They were all humbled yet overjoyed at their forgiveness and made plans together for a new life all the way home to Damascus. But now it seemed that God had forgotten their contrition. They felt exposed, attacked, alone. Wasn't choosing to believe in Jesus supposed to mean their lives were better or at least safe? No one knew exactly when this all of Tarsus would arrive, but the more time passed, the more Ananias grew fearful for his family, the more he considered hiding or giving up on Jesus altogether. One morning, just as Ananias arose, he heard a voice calling his name. He did not recognize it, but somehow knew at once that it was the Lord. He immediately replied, Yes, Lord. He was told to go to the house of a man named Judas on Straight Street and to ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He couldn't believe it. The Lord was actually asking him to walk into a murder scene? If that man knows I'm here, he'll arrest me on the spot, he thought. This is the very man we have all been terrified of and trying to avoid. And you want me to go directly to him? Is this punishment? Does the Lord not know what Saul is doing in Damascus? But Lord, he said, I have heard so many horrific stories about the things this man is doing to believers living in Jerusalem. And anyone who calls on your name is in danger as he is authorized by the chief priest to arrest us all. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, I have chosen him to take my message to the Gentiles, and I will show him how much he will have to suffer for my name. Okay, Lord, Ananias thought. I hope you're sure about this. Please, please do not put my hope in you to shame. So Ananias went and found Saul. He embraced him as a brother 
and gave him the Lord's message. And at his touch and declaration, Saul's sight was restored. Saul was baptized and immediately began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues, declaring he is indeed the Son of God. Ananias was afraid. He had a lot of evidence to support his concern. Wasn't it responsible for him to protect his family, his people? But he hoped that what the Lord promised him would be true. He was willing to step out and do something difficult, seemingly crazy and definitely risky because he believed that his God would come through. And he did not simply complete the bare minimum required of him either. I can easily imagine myself believing that Jesus had sent me on this ridiculous errand, standing on the threshold of the open door, perhaps even in disguise, loudly delivering the message as quickly as I could, and then running away, hopefully before anyone recognized me. I would have done it, but would have assumed that it would backfire and would have taken any precaution I could to continue to protect myself and those I love. But Ananias didn't do that. He entered Judas's house He reached out. He called Saul his brother. He embraced him. And that touch, that connection, restored Saul's sight, healing him and transferring to him the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Lord is always the promise. He showed up on the road to Damascus to divert Saul's path and show him the truth. But he also appeared to Ananias, and again once they were brought together. Saul had no idea what God was working out for him behind the scenes. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, in another beloved story, Hannah has been pouring out her brokenness to the Lord for years. Most recently in a fervor so strong that the priests thought she was drunk as she prayed in the temple. But her continued desire for a son and her faithfulness to the Lord did not go unnoticed. In most modern English translations, verse 19 says that when they returned home, Elkanah slept with Hannah his wife and God remembered her, which is beautiful. But in the message, Eugene Peterson describes that remembrance like this. God began making the necessary arrangements in response to what she had asked. How often are we despairing feeling forgotten when God is frantically preparing to answer our requests. Hannah still had to wait for her child. It wasn't immediate. Saul was blind and fasted for three days at Judas's house, having no idea what lay in store for him. But God had already begun making arrangements that neither knew anything about. Too often, we're tempted to give up or give in because the waiting feels unbearable. Too often we excuse ourselves from the work we've been given to do because it's difficult or doesn't make any sense or may even be risky or dangerous. I feel like there's some pretty specific work that God is preparing me for right now, but I'm often frustrated because he hasn't made a way for it yet. I keep asking why he would put this on my heart to do if there weren't a way to do it. But the truth is that following the nudge of the Holy Spirit is not always easy. More often, it's not easy at all. It takes faith. It takes endurance. It takes hope. What things in your life feel too hard? What feels irresponsible? 
What things are you tempted to despair over in the waiting? I think that some of the peace we get from the Lord comes through embracing the mystery, knowing that the pieces will all come together, and having the courage to be used as one of those pieces too. Lord, may we lean into the mystery, trusting you with the things that we cannot see or understand. May you grant us ability to discern between mystery and abandonment. We ask that you will continue to make your presence known to us and give us the strength that we need and the joy of your salvation until the day when the scales truly fall from all our eyes.